Before we get started, a quick disclosure. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Nothing here is an offer or a solicitation to buy or sell any investment. And with that, hello and welcome to the Range of Capital podcast. I'm Andrew Walker, Portfolio Manager Rangely, and with me as always my co-host and Rangely's founder, Chris Demuth. It is Monday, November 21st, and today we're going to start by talking about a lot of things Facebook, and then we're going to give thanks for not living in Venezuela. Uh, so Chris, Facebook, been in the news quite a bit recently. Uh, you know, I think what's kind of prompting this is on Friday, their board of directors approved their first buyback, uh, $6 billion starting at the beginning of next year's, and uh, shares kind of rose 4% on the news. But the buyback announcement kind of followed a rough couple of weeks for the company. They announced that they had misstated certain ad metrics on completed video views and time spent on instant articles. And this kind of came on the heels of a September admission that they were miscalculating average time users spent watching videos. So wasn't a great look for their advertising department. And they've been all over the news recently as people debate the effect of fake news stories on the election this month and on our society uh, in general going forward. So I'll turn it over to you. Where do you want to start with talking about Facebook? Well, I would start by saying the buyback is great news. It's a great idea. I think every corporate transaction should always have an equity buyback as a side-by-side comparator for Mm -hmm. everything people want Mm -hmm. to do. Because if I say, hey, Andrew, here's my best three or four ideas. I've spent three or four months in each of them. They're my priorities. They're my expertise. This is what I'm doing. And now there's 30 or 40 other things I'm thinking about. You should always have to compare them to your best idea. Mm -hmm. And how a corporation compares your ideas, your marginal idea, to your best idea is compare them to a share buyback. So I think it's a great idea, although I would throw out there that some tech investors think about it very differently than I do. As a value investor, it's always it's more tax efficient than a dividend. It's better than diversifying away from your best mm-hmm. ideas. But some of them see it as kind of capitulation, that it's worried that now they're uh, no longer in the high growth trajectory of their business. Yeah, and it's so funny. Look, Facebook, you know... I- I saw some analysts today who said, look, at at its core, Facebook is a website, right? These Mm -hmm. things don't cost a ton to run. And they throw off gobs and gobs of cash. And yeah, like a WhatsApp or an Instagram are great acquisitions and you want those. But you'd ra- if they can't find those, you'd rather them buying back shares than just buying for buying something's sake. So it's a great sign that Facebook is yeah, doing this. I really think also it's just a good healthy discipline even for you know multi-billionaires uh, like uh, Mark Zuckerberg and multi-multi-multi-billionaire companies like Facebook. It's just healthy to have a little bit of tension in your budget. And if it's not there like for most people automatically and in reality you should kind of artificially replicate it a little bit Mm -hmm. so you feel like you have to make real trade-offs i think it's a good way to budget it's a good way to think otherwise you just kind of say let's do everything and look this is something you hear with apple right apple's got 150 billion dollars in cash on their balance sheet and people just casually throw around oh apple should buy tesla apple should buy netflix and who cares their cash earns zero they should go buy it it's no, you need you need constraints like buying for bu- buying something's sake is not a great thing. You know, in Facebook's case, it's funny. It's a six billion dollar buyback, which is mammoth. It's bigger than a ton of companies in the S and P five hundred, but it's actually less than two percent of their market cap. So, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a huge move for Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, last couple of weeks have been tough on Facebook. Uh, they've had a number of measurement problems and. Mm-hmm. I have no reason to think that it's fraudulent, but I would throw out that it all was in their favor. Yeah. In September, oh, we're so sorry. We we were counting every video play as a positive video play. It turns out uh, not all of them were. And here, oh, sorry, we overestimated the number of users. Why can't it be underestimated the users? Why can't I be getting free advertising? Why is it always going against me? 
And I think there's this big, we were chatting briefly before the podcast started, I think there's this big category that's neither fraud nor is it 100% benign error that's somewhere in the middle where um, I've I've checked all of my bills for a couple decades now and they run, errors run about uh, 30% in my favor, 70% in the vendor uh, favor. And this includes restaurants and everything else like that. And, And I don't see that as malicious. I see that as when you look at something that's dubious in your favor, you kind of might check it less uh, assiduously than mm-hmm. if you see uh, uh, an error against you as a vendor. And so uh, this might be kind of in that gray area somewhere in the middle. Yeah, uh, it, But uh, they really should have outsiders kind of an audit role of verifying all this data. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things Facebook, uh, Zuckerberg has put up a post kind of, you know, this is the second time they've, I, I don't even want to say caught with your hand in the cookie jar because mm-hmm. it seems innocuous, but as you said, kind of incentives encourage you to do it. But I, I think Zuckerberg put out a long post that said, hey, we're going to have third parties watching this going forward and everything. So they're trying to switch concerns. But, you know, getting having this happen twice in the span of two months is just it's not a great look when you're trying to reassure advertisers that, hey, this, you know, face advertising on Facebook is still a relatively new technology when you compare it to advertising on TV or something. It's not a great look when you're saying, hey, second time in two months, we have been overstating the effectiveness of our ads. It's bad. I would probably put it somewhere in the category of sports fans yelling about a close call. You know, if you were watching tennis and it was close to the line, you yeah. know, I bet a lot of fans that yelled one way or another would pass a polygraph. But I also would bet that way more than half the time they were arguing in their favor. Speaking of fans arguing in their favor and uh, they passing a polygraph, the fake news problem. I I think this is a massive problem. Do you want to start on it? Um, you know what? Um, I'm probably going to take the other side of this. So could you start? Could you, could you go into ex- explain? Yeah. It and so here's why I think it's a massive problem. Like okay. if you think 20, 30 years ago, there were only three or four news sources, right? You had your local TV station and a couple of news channels, and that, that was really the only place to get your news. And when you've only got three or four news sources, each news source can go mainstream because they've got so much reach. As you go into the as you go into the internet age, where you get infinite number of distribution points, right? What happens is you have to go more and more niche. So you have to go more and more extreme to really get heard. And Facebook has become an echo chamber. Nobody mm-hmm. shares a nobody shares a news article that says Hillary Clinton proposes moderate tax increases, right? People share articles. Hillary Clinton is a Hillary Clinton pays for murder suicide mm-hmm. or something, you know? Those are the types of things that get shared in the Facebook echo chamber. And you're so gonna be you, quoted very narrowly now. It's gonna be Andrew Walker, yeah. Hillary Clinton murder suicide. Well, well look if we wanted to increase our podcast reach, what could we name this on you know, if we put on Twitter like uh Mark Mark Zuckerberg buys back Facebook shares, that's not going to get widely shared. But if we put out out something misleading, Mark Zuckerberg dupes advertisers or Hillary Clinton murder-suicide pack, those are the types of things that get shared. And things that get shared are what Facebook promotes. They're what Facebook advertises. And if you're only friends with conservative Republicans, then you're only going to see things getting shared that are conservative Republican-type things. And on the other side, and increasingly it becomes... You know, if you if you watch the election, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump were talking about two different Americas, mm-hmm. and I think you can see like if you're all your friends are Facebook conservatives or all your friends are Facebook li- liberals, you're only sharing articles and seeing news sources, and you're starting to talk about two completely different Americas, and uh, that's why I think these these news articles, which get amplified because they're the things that are most shared, uh, I, I think they're hugely dangerous, and there's all sorts of stats that says. 
a general New York Times article gets shared a hundred thousand times. These fake news stories, uh, what, you know, Obama, secret Muslim, all that sort of stuff, they get shared twenty million times, and the commentary is so much more extreme on them. Anyway, go ahead. You know, I have to say, I had not been that aware of this phenomenon. In fact, a lot of these fake stories I saw for the first time researching for this podcast. Mm-hmm. And I would say just within fractions of a second, they were just obviously uh, without credibility. Um, I, I mean, I think, let me just hit this at two levels. One, how individuals should behave and then how this problem could be fixed. Is it a problem? Yes. Uh, should you uh, pull from a wide variety of sources? Yes. I would combine a huge premium on original sources. So mm-hmm. if you're looking at a politician, how has he voted? How has he behaved in the past? And only then, how has he written books or given speeches? And very rarely do you need to have some intermediary telling you how to think about something. But when you do, you know, the idea of peer peer review, double-blind sources that are multi-sources, that would be great. But I also think that people who are skeptical uh, and really... interact with data can use less credible sources um, you know, uh, an analogy I would give is uh, my grandfather was in military intelligence uh, throughout World War II. He was actually very focused um, as, as an American uh, intelligence officer on Nazi propaganda. Why would anybody care? Well, we actually cared what their lies were. Yeah. Uh, you know, what their lies were gave us huge information. <laughs> it, it reminds me of what Donald Trump was tweeting and saying about Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. during the election was oftentimes what people were accusing him from. Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. is a bigot. People were accusing mm-hmm. Donald Trump. Of but let, let me ask. I think you are taking a higher view of people people's intellect and I think I am taking a lower view because you know I I, I think back to Brexit mm-hmm. when right after Brexit happened the the most searched thing in Europe what or in England was what is Brexit and what did I do when you saw all these people who didn't know what they had voted for who said oh my god if I could have a do-over I'd do it again do you think I am being too negative by saying these people you know these things get shared and they look professional they look New York Times level do you think I'm taking too negative a view when I think People see these articles and take them as true and they tend to interact with headlines? Or do you think maybe you're taking too intellectual view? Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I would say that I am very guarded about anything that looks to me to be kind of um, uh, trying to elicit catharsis, that it kind of seems so convenient. You know, uh, the, the story about the the veterans coming home to their disabled children or something. I say, well, that's just playing on emotions. That's trying to get a strong reaction. The world is often more complicated and subtle than that. You know, as, as you have political views over time, you realize that the amount of caveats you have to have to your own views rises from 10 to 20 to 30 percent of any point you'd make. And the world often looks like that. So you kind of get this mental model of what the world's like. And then usually within a second, you see something that is so pure and clean that is kind of uh, a liberal off or a conservative off. And I think that when you have strong ideological uh, groupings, that something that plays perfectly to one another is something that instantly kind of would raise your antenna. Uh, And I think that these tend to fit into that category. You'd like to think people could uh, discover that on their own. Yeah, I I just worry about, you know, the the too long didn't read culture where nobody wants to read the article Mm -hmm. because you're 100% right. Most most of the time, once you read the articles, you can tell like they're, they're pretty fake. But the headlines, the only commenting on the headlines, getting your news sources from the headlines, you know, I, I'm from the South. If I were to only learn about the world through my Southern friends, mm-hmm. I would have a much different worldview than if I were to only learn about the world from my Northern friends mm-hmm. and what they share. And 
I don't know. I, I just I worry these fake news stories are hugely dangerous. And it's in Facebook. I don't know what Facebook's incentive is, right? If these are the most shared stories on Facebook, is it in their incentive to shut them down? Or is it in their incentive to keep promoting them almost? It, yeah. It's a difficult call. There, there's, let, me, let me say two areas that I'm cautious. And I'm not cautious about this being a problem. I'm cautious about what level. Uh, first of all, distributed solutions, I think, are wonderful. I, I write back if there's, I don't write back if it's a stranger. But if it, it's an individual, uh, in the few times in my life where I've had individuals who I've cared about who've gotten caught up by MLMs or by uh, hoaxes, yeah. I write back right away. And it's a distributed solution. They wrote to me. I wrote back and yeah. say, I think this is hoax um but two quick quick, quick concerns uh one um i would say that uh my own ability to find what i would describe as fake news has been really uh beaten up badly in the last 18 months at least one and this is more on twitter than on facebook but one individual who is a huge trump supporter who i would have described him as i thought he's i thought he had a fake identity in addition to fake news he actually turned out to be one a real person and two right about everything that was going to happen in the election so he should have eliminated me as the fake news i Uh, i I don't want to say people who you know if I don't want to say people who had a strong worldview just because they called that Donald Trump was going to win or something. I he don't was want to misusing say right. data. Yeah, yeah, he was exactly. misusing data. I mean, it was it was bad, but it turned out to be correct. Let's move on to Venezuela because sure. this has oh, been sure. this has been a fun discussion, but we we've, we've talked about Fine. it for a while. So let's go over to Venezuela. There was a fantastic article in the Wall Street Journal this morning. The headline was, or the the article was entitled, "Venezuela's nemesis is a hardware salesman at a Home Depot in Alabama." And it, I mean, the article was just crazy. It basically the the salesman. Uh, Home Depot. He runs a site called Dular Today, which publishes black market exchange rates for the Venezuelan Boliviar. Uh, and the site is now the benchmark for millions of dollars of daily currency transactions. The Venezuela government is attacking it as an effort to overthrow the government and the, saying the site is an enemy of the people. It's encouraged by the empire, which is their term for uh, the United States. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're running a little long here, but let's spend three or four minutes. It, it was just a great article. I think we've got a lot of thoughts on Venezuela. I'll turn it over to you. Uh, I, I wish this guy well. I would say whenever a government accuses somebody of being the black market, uh, the short term for black market is the market. And what they want is they want, back to fake news for a minute, the fake market. And I, so, it so, it segues uh, so well with so, the fake so, Facebook so thing. He, yeah. This is a real person with a real market with a two-way clearing price. Yeah. And so they're scandalized by this. They're scandalized by the reality. <laughs> They're driving people into horrific poverty, into starvation, into morgues that stack up bodies so quickly people just drop them off outside, and into a government that is more ruthless than the most ruthless government uh, would ever be on the poor in the name of helping the poor. It, it, I mean, it's just an insane story. Uh, <laughs> you continue talking about because I'm just so overwhelmed by how sure. crazy it is right no, now. No, this is um, this is a government I've actually long uh, interacted with uh, on in a previous life on behalf of some uh, petrochemical companies uh, as well as the uh, the uh, predecessor, uh, a wildly charismatic socialist. Uh, the new guy is a socialist without the wild charisma, <laughs> and uh, they're really trying to shut this guy down. Um, you know, he seems like a wonderful person with a great site, and uh, this is where you should go for all of your forex needs. Uh, 
in, uh, in Venezuela, it makes it impossible when they don't allow, and they really are tight about currency controls, not letting the uh, currency to clear. It makes it difficult for airlines to come in and out. It makes it difficult for commodities. Uh, it turns, not only is there a black market in currency, which in my mind is all fun and games, yeah. uh, but there's ugly black markets in Krakus where you have yeah. sailors that yeah. come and go with hard currency, and that's the only hard currency that people uh, can get. Um, notably the women of Caracas. And so it's a, it's, it's a pretty brutal uh, social environment. Uh, for anybody who didn't know anything about communism because it was too far in history, and so kind of socialism and the ideas of it are kind of historical quirks, uh, here's a place yeah, you can go today to it, learn all about it in 2016. It's just awful. But, you know, so obviously the Venezuelan situation is awful, and I, I think there are tons of examples running through the capital markets. No one trusts Venezuela for, for anything. But it is crazy how this guy who, you know, the article does go in in the early 2000s, he tried to overthrow some of the communist mm -hmm. government and stuff but it is crazy how it shows the power of the internet this guy who is literally a home depot worker mm -hmm. is running a website from his blackberry that is in many ways countering the venezuelan government he right doesn't now. even have it, an iphone it, 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 he doesn't have an iphone it's crazy he's using truly 2000 technology but it, it just shows the power of the internet to kind of as a as sunlight where the truth is needed and one guy can single-handedly attack a government from a distance it, it's wild it, stuff it, I, i'm a big fan of technological progress and of kind of distributed uh, technology that is uh, uh, that kind of horizontal uh, and distributed. Um, it, but it's always a tension when you have repressive regimes. Does the technology help the repressors or the repressed? This is definitely at least one data point in terms of the repressed being benefited by the technology. All right, Chris, it's almost time for us to go to Thanksgiving. We're going to be out for the rest of the week. Chris is going up to Maine. I'm going back to New Orleans in a couple days, so we'll talk to you guys next week. But Chris, before we go, Thanksgiving Item you're long, item you're short. What would you go? Let's see here. Uh, I'm short turkey. Uh, oh turkey. my gosh, Chris. <laughs> you never have turkey other than on Thanksgiving itself, which is a really good indication oh. that it's not actually good. Oh, Chris, that that is a, a hot take right there. That's our Facebook leading item, short turkey. So short turkey. Um, I'm generally long uh, various uh, size, size and dishes. kind of all the other things to go with it. What, how about yourself? Okay, let's see. Oh. This is a tough one. I all right. Well, obviously long pie. I would definitely be long pie. I I think I would be short cranberry sauce I, or cranberry dressing. Who puts cranberry dressing on turkey? That's awful. Just have the turkey with some gravy on it. That's what I'm going long. Uh, anything undervalued about Thanksgiving? Undervalued. Uh, no. Oh, travel deals. Travel deals. Travel uh, deals. It's a super cheap time. Uh, there are, you know, $1,000 business class tickets to France right now. Yeah. There's a lot of good. Lot, people don't tend to travel internationally as heavily. Traveling Thanksgiving Day is very, is very cheap. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I am undervalued. Thanksgiving afternoon naps. Have a big, have a big meal during the day and then take a nap after. You're saying no? No nap for you? <laughs> No nap for Chris. All right, that's all the time we have uh, for today. We're thankful to all of you guys for listening. If you're thankful for us for podcasting, please be sure to take the time to share this podcast with a friend. Keeping our listeners' numbers up helps encourage us to keep taping this podcast. Chris, the only thing we really talked about today was Facebook. I don't think either of us is long any Facebook. Nope. Anything else? Okay, great. We'll have a great Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you guys next week.